Let us read the Word of God, and may I invite the congregation to please stand. Uh, it will be Ezekiel chapter 37, selected passages, and I will be reading from the English Standard Version. So if you have your Bibles with you, whatever version, please do read with me. Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the, the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. They shall not defile themselves any more with their idols and their detestable things or with any of their transgressions, but I will save them from all the backslidings in which they have sinned, and I will cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall walk in my rules and be careful to obey my statutes. They shall dwell in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob where your fathers lived. They and their children and their children's children shall dwell there forever. And David, my servant, shall be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will set them in their land and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary in their midst forevermore. My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you have gathered us. Lord, open our hearts. Open our minds, open our souls, illumine our spirits, O Lord, as we listen to your word. Lord, may we hear your voice today, and may we apply these words in our lives. Speak to us, O Father. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's all be seated. First off, before I start, let me just ask you a question. Have you ever experienced knowing someone? I mean, what I mean by knowing someone is that at first you have prejudice against this person. Unang tingin mo sa tao, you find that this person is so badoy, so jologs, you know. Uh, and later on, you fell in love with this person. 
or it's also cut both ways. On the other hand, you see this person is so good looking to you or she's so pretty to you only to find out that she's not just pretty, she also has bad breath. Or that when you meet that person, it appears to you that he or she is so great, but after marriage, you find and you found out that you're married to a monster. I hope you're not. I hope you're not. That's especially true with your spouses, right? Um, you start to know the person. Um, you discover the greatness of that person. Uh, I hope Donna discovered that I am great. Um, or my foolishness. Uh, but it got both ways. So today, I'd like us to uh, study this. What does it mean to know the Lord? And so I've entitled this sermon, And You Shall Know That I Am The Lord. Last week, I have discussed with you the three metaphors. Uh, and could you remember the three metaphors that I've discussed? May class card ako rito, so I'll probably... We have the bones that signify our spiritual condition, that we are dead. And then we also have the breath, which uh, symbolizes the act of God giving life, power, and that's a creative activity of the Holy Spirit. And we also have the sticks, which um, symbolize the kinship, restoration, revival of people. So these three things. And today, you also realize that we are also calling from the same chapter, chapter 37. We have returned to this chapter, not because this is my favorite chapter, but I want us to discover, with our short time together, discover why does God want to reveal himself to his people? In this particular section, in chapter 37, we hope to explore that what does, why does God want his people to know about him? Why does God want us to know him? What are the ways or through what means God will introduce himself to us? Why do we need to know the Lord? Why is it a great pursuit in life to know God? What does it benefit you if you know God? Now, we will examine the surrounding context, the uh, words and phrases that goes with this phrase, and you shall know that I am the Lord in chapter 37. And with this, we hope that we would know what God wants us to know about him. Of course, this is not an exhaustive uh, uh, knowing and an exhaustive uh, study, but as we study chapter 37, and whenever this phrase uh, would appear in that chapter, what does God want to convey to us and with us today, and how we're going to decipher this uh, phrase surrounding the context with that. So we will try to answer them today. So allow me to start with the very first um, uh, phrase where this appear, and it appears on Ezekiel chapter 37, verse uh, 6 to 7. Let me, let me read that to you. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. So when all these things happen, when you, there's a sinews in you, there's muscle, there's tendons in you, there's flesh in you, there's a 
corporeal body in you and God has covered you with the skin and put breath in you, when all of these things happen, you shall know that I am the Lord. In other words, when God causes us and God gives us flesh, real body, in other words, when God leads us to life, we shall know Him. And that leads me to the first notion that I want to bring you today. You shall know that I am the Lord. You shall know that He is God when He gives you life. You shall know that I am the Lord. This phrase that appears in verse 6, you will know that He is the Lord when I give you life or being. Now we see this in the creation. Remember that in verse 6, it was from nothingness to being. Kasi diba they were dead bones? They were very dry. They were akin to, they were not just akin, they were uh, inanimate objects already. They were bones, dry bones. And God caused flesh to surround uh, those bones and God gave them life. So out of nothingness to being, and this is so reminiscent, this is so true in the accounts in the scripture, especially though, so this is true in the Bible, in the creation story. Let me read to you Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. It reads there, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep. There was nothing there. There was only void and there was no form. There was chaos there. There was, I don't know, I could not imagine that. No form, the void of form, and darkness. I could only imagine whenever you turn on the TV, there's a, you know, that shh. That's how I could imagine it. But it's nothingness there. But God created order. God created something out of nothing. And He said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the entire cosmos, the entire universe, shouts and manifests the existence of God. He is introducing Himself to nature that He exists. Because out of nothingness, God introduced himself, we, himself. We will know that He is the Lord. I am the Lord as He gives us life. From nothingness to being. That is true on the account of the creation. This is the concept of, uh, let me borrow a Latin term. Dahil, um, bibigay ko kay Pastor Ruel yung uh, Hebrew. The Latin term for that is ex nihilo. Ex means out. Nihilo or nihil means nothing. Ex is out. Kaya nga ex na, di ba? Out na siya sa buhay nyo. Kaya ex. Ex nihilo. Out of nothing. Out of nothing, God created something. And when God created something out of nothing, He did not just created life. He created a being. That is very clear on verse 6. Hindi niya lang binigyan ng laman, ng sinews, muscles, whatever. He gave him life. He gave them being. 
The American theologian and Reformed theologian R.C. Sproul once asked, what is the difference between God and man? Of course, we will answer the difference between God and man is this. God is a divine being and we human beings are mortal beings. So he is divine, we are mortal. That is true. But according to R.C. Sproul, he suggested this. The fundamental difference other than that is this. The word being. Why? Because our existence depends on something else. The reason why you survive, it's because you need air. Remove air, perhaps five minutes. I cannot last five minutes. Remove five minutes, we will all die. Ten minutes. Fifteen minutes, I think they will already brain damage, whatever. But remove that. We depend on an external agency, external power, external source to survive, not God. God is a being that's so independent of existence from anything else. He is being. We exist because of Him, and that is true on the accounts of Acts 17, uh, verse 28. For in Him we live and move and have our being. You shall know that He is there as He gives you life or being. Out of nothingness, God will create something. Our God is a master crafter of that. You cannot create something out of nothing. Tama? You can only create something from that existing material. You cannot create something out of nothing. Only God can do that. This is true. Let's read Romans 4.17. The context of this verse is about Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead. And I want us to emphasize and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Abraham's promise never existed before. God created it. His wife Sarah was barren. There's nothing in the world that could make her and could give her a child. But God created it. Out of that nothingness, God called them into being. God calls and he calls them and create existence out of nothing. Things that do not exist, he could call them to existence. Putting on flesh. You know, I have mentioned here, you know, the, the metaphor of the bones, and that refers to our spiritual condition. We're all dead. But out of our deadness, out of our death, lifelessness, God calls us into existence. It's impossible to make these bones alive. It's impossible. But you know, the word impossible does not exist in the vocabulary of the divine. The word impossible does not exist in the dictionary of God. God is a God of possibilities. God is never threatened by impossibility. 
God is never surprised by our hopeless case. God could not be frustrated by the impossibility of your life. Kung hindi posible sa kanyang mag-create ng buhay mula sa something, sa isang bagay na wala talagang buhay, hindi siya surprised. God is a master crafter of things that out of nothing, He could create something out of it. And so, now that we know that He is Lord that give us life, it is being, now we know that God is the creator and the giver of life. And what do I mean by life here? I don't just mean life as existence. I've discussed that last week. We could all be existing but not living. But God is the creator and the giver of life. Life in full. So as we know with this first notion that you shall know that I am the Lord as I give you life, as I give you being, now that we know that He is the creator and the giver of life, what, it is, what is it for us? Ano ngayon kung nalaman yung He is the giver of life? I think this is important to us. Because what dead situation you are in right now? What hopeless, lifeless situations or circumstances that you are in right now? What impossibility do you think you are facing? Let me give you a good news. We have a God who is an expert on this. Out of that impossibility, God can create a possibility. Out of that dead-end situation, God creates another way. Out of that hopeless situation, lifeless situation, God can create something out of nothing. God is an expert of that. You cannot frustrate God by the mere impossibility of your situation. Impossibility does not exist in the vocabulary of our sovereign, mighty, powerful God. Never. And so that is true to us. We shall know that He is God as He gives us life. He is the creator and the giver of life. So that is the first notion. In verse 6, He introduced Himself as the giver of life. And that leads me to the second notion. And let me just read to you Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 12 uh, to 13. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your grave and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. So the first notion is, God, we will know God as He gives us life. Now, this second, second notion, as we find on Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 12, 13, leads us to this. And we shall know that I am the Lord when I display my power in death and in resurrection. Let me just define resurrection. It's still related to the notion number one, to bring something back to life. That is so related to our first notion. You know, for the people of Israel, the idea of resurrection has become very blurred to them. Although in Psalms, and particularly in uh, Daniel uh, chapter 12, verses 1 to 4, um, it's very clear. Now, let me just bring you to Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. This resurrection is not a New Testament concept. It is a, 
even an Old Testament concept, let me read with you uh, Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 to, uh, 1 to 4, but I'll be starting from uh, chapter uh, verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like brightness of the sky, of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So, that idea of resurrection. And you know the idea of resurrection, this doctrine of resurrection, is central to Christian theology. It is akin and very much related to our eternal security. Remove this. Remove the idea of resurrection, the, our um, rising from the dead. Remove that theology from Christian belief. We are removing our faith. Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse, verse 14, he said, If Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile. So resurrection is fundamental to Christian theology. That we shall all rise from our graves in Ezekiel chapter 37, 12 to 13, it was already prophesied. Of course, the immediate context of this in that time is about revival, but also this foreshadows to us the resurrection of the dead. And we shall know that he is God as he displays, as God displays his power in death and in resurrection. You know, I'll go back to that notion of resurrection. Why do you think that resurrection is central and fundamental to Christian theology. You know why? Sige, magtatawag ako, may class card ako eh. You know why? Because we fundamentally believe, and almost all religions believe in this, that there is life after death. We are all immortals. We are all immortal beings. Our souls are immortal. But that is not the issue. The issue is not your immortality. The issue is, where will you continue your immortality? In Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, and many of those who sleep in the dust of earth shall awake, some in everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Both everlasting. But one to everlasting contempt, one to everlasting life. So the issue here is not that whether or not you're immortal. You are, by the way. But the issue is, where will you wake up in your immortality? Resurrection is central to Christian belief because we believe that when God resurrects us from the dead, we shall be awakened. We shall wake with what Daniel had said. We shall wake to everlasting life. We shall wake up to life. We are all wired to immortality. Alin nyo, isa pang patunay niyan, award kayo to immortality? You are afraid of death. Bakit kayo natatakot mamatay? Or let me put it in another way. 
bakit kayo nalulungkot kapag merong kayong mahal sa buhay na namatay? You know why? Let me offer to you one answer. Because for us, beings, as human beings, wired, our souls, wired to immortality, death to us is an interruption. Death is a cessation. For us, hindi na natin makakasama yung ating mahal sa buhay. Wala na sila. The joy, the pleasure will no longer continue and therefore we are all sad because for us, death will be the cessation of that relationship. Death will be an interruption to that relationship. You are afraid to die because that will be an interruption of your continuous life. But the problem is this. Again, the problem is not immortality. The problem is where will you spend your eternity? We do not understand that. We do not understand resurrection. But you know, there is one person who claimed this. In John chapter 11, verse 25 to 27, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus claimed this powerfully. Si Jesus lang ang nag-claim nito. Siya ang pagkabuhay na magmuli. Siya ang buhay. Sa kanya, mayroong buhay. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. For those of you who will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, though you will die, yet you shall live. Death will no longer a cessation to you. Death will no longer be an interruption to you. Death is just a change. In a, according to one book, Trina Paulus, Hope for the Flowers, it says there, life is changed, not taken away. If you believe in Jesus Christ, your life will never be interrupted. Death will never be an interruption. Death will never be a cessation. The moment you close your eyes and the moment you open it up, you will be born to eternity. And Jesus claimed that. He is the resurrection. He is the life. If you believe in Him, though you will die, and death there is just a pause, perhaps, a comma, not a full stop, not a period, you shall live. And believes in me, and those who believe me shall never die. It was asked, do you believe this? The woman said, powerful. Ang ganda ng sagot. Hindi nga sinabing, yes Lord, I believe that you are the resurrection and the life. Anong sagot nung kausap ng Panginoong Yesus? Lord, I believe. He confessed faith. You are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. He did not say, you are the resurrection of the life. I believe you what you've said. No. The woman here made even greater declaration. Sabi niya, you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. That woman, though she will die, yet he, she shall live. I have this story of a um, friend of mine in the office. Uh, She's an accounts lady in our office. And of course, uh, whenever, we, whenever we travel, we have to go back to her because she processes our accounts. And she's a very pedantic lady, you know. She's, she's difficult to deal with. 
Um, so of course, when you travel, you go from one country to another, you would have many currencies that you will use. So we have to, one by one, carefully write that because the minutest mistake, she will pick on it and say, she will not process it. Sabi ko, wala lang kama, babalik sa kukunin ko yung gagawin ko. And of course, after some time, I've learned the ropes and then, and I also realized this. She always makes herself absent during Thursday or Fridays. Not all the time, although she comes very early, but she would absent herself on a Friday and a Saturday, uh, Thursday or a Friday. I said, ang taray-taray, ang hilig mag-absent. But you know, I realized this. The reason why that lady uh, absents herself on a Thursday and a Friday because she's undergoing chemotherapy. She was diagnosed with a terminal cancer. And so when I learned that, I softened my stand to her and I, I get to know her. Uh, she's older than me and we became very, very close. I remember, pumunta pa kami sa Thailand, there's a company outing, and uh, you know, I've already confessed and I'm afraid of uh, lizards and all these uh, uh, crocodiles and all of these reptiles. So, um, ipagsusulit ko na lang sa Panginoon yun sa langit pagdating ko doon. But, so I'm afraid of it. So, I don't want to come near the rocks or whatever because there might be some iguana there. So, I could you imagine a very skinny, lanky lady kayaking for me because I was like that. You know, I was stoned. We became very close. And one day, I said, I'll go off. I will go on travel after. Please process this claim. And said, pagbalik ko na lang. And she told me, no, I'll finish this because I don't have time. And so, I went off. I went uh, on leave, and then two days after, I received a call that she was found breathless in our toilet, in the company's toilet, and within 24 hours, she died. During her wake, I know her well. During the time that she's alive, she was um, fooled by her friend, misused her credit card by the tune of 100,000. She's paying that on top of paying her chemotherapy bills. And this is great. A portion, a large portion of her salary, she does not spend for herself. A portion of her salary goes to the Singapore Bible Society. And not just that. During her necrological service, her testimony was read. And she said this in her written testimony. I have two news for you, a good news and a bad news. The bad news is I have cancer and I'm dying. The good news is God is still good. I broke into tears. What does this girl know about God that she was able to say that despite she was fooled of 100,000, she was paying for him chemotherapy, and then a portion of her salary is given to the Singapore Bible Society, and she could confess that God is still good. She must know her God very well. She must have known that God is her resurrection and her life. A large portion of her estate was donated to the Singapore Bible Society. She knows, and she told me, I am prepared, ready to go. Because she believes that the moment she closes her eyes and the moment she wakes up, she will wake up with the glorious reality of heaven. 
That is what resurrection is for us. And that is why God is introducing himself here in Ezekiel chapter 37, that he is the Lord of death, he is the Lord of life, he is the Lord of resurrection. Because, my dear friends, hell is real. Hell is real. Do you know where to find a place where you can find the justice of God? The place where you can find the justice of God is hell. You know why? Because in hell, everyone in hell are those people who deserve to be there. Remember the concept of justice. Justice is this. You are getting what you deserve. Am I right? And the people in hell are those people who deserve to be there because they were served the justice of God. They were not born to eternal life. But what we got when we get to heaven, we don't get justice there. What we got when we get to heaven is mercy. We got grace. We do not deserve to be in heaven, but we are there. When we were born to eternal life, we were born into heaven, we, were, we wake up in that glorious reality of heaven, not because we deserve to be there, but because Christ became our resurrection, He became our life. And because of our faith and trust in Him, though we die, we live. Why? Because of the mercy and the grace of God. If you want to go to a place where there's God justice, go to hell. Because all people there, I can assure you, deserve to be there because they were served the justice of God. They deserve to be there. As sinners, where do you deserve to, to go? In heaven? As sinners, where do you deserve to go? That is justice, diba? You get what you deserve. That's justice. Justice is not equality. Justice is getting what you deserve. But that is not the promise of Jesus. What a contrast with the promise of Jesus that I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And so, we shall know that He is the Lord when He displays His power in death and resurrection. From life, being, to death and resurrection. And now we know this, that God is the creator and giver of life and the Holy One who triumphs over death and resurrects us to new life. So before I go to my third notion, I want to ask you this question. Where will you wake up when you die? Will you wake up in a glorious truth of eternal paradise or in the reality of eternal damnation? You have to make the choice now because there could be no tomorrow. Which of these two is your destination? I hope our destination will be eternal glory. And that leads me to the third notion. And I'll be reading it from the uh, uh, 37, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 27 28. My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then the nations will know that 
I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in the midst in, in there is in the midst forevermore. So the first is God is introducing himself in Ezekiel chapter 37 as the giver of life. He also introduced himself as the one who displays his power and majesty in death and resurrection. And thirdly, we shall know that he is the Lord. You shall know that I am the Lord when I establish my worship in your lives. Now, I would like to ask you this question. Why is this um, notion very prevalent or very prominent in Ezekiel chapter 37, even in chapter 36? Let me just uh, quickly turn you to this verse. My dwelling place shall be with them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. My sanctuary will be in their midst forevermore. Why? Why is God interested with that? Because God wants to establish the worship of His holy name. Why would God place His dwelling place in the midst of all of us? Because God wants us to worship Him. Now, let us define, ano ba yung worship? If God intends to put his dwelling place amongst us, and in fact, that is the original intention, that God will live among us. That is the original intention. Why? Because God calls us to worship with him. And then, when we say worship, let's define it. What is worship? May nakabibingin katahimikan ang naghari sa ating lahat. Nandito kayo, hindi nyo alam ang worship kayo talaga, oo. Ano ba yung worship? Sige, magtatawag ako. Kawawa naman yung bisita natin ito, so hindi ko ito tatawagin. What is worship? Worship is a lifestyle glorifying God. It's the way you live your life. At yung pala ang dahilan, that's the reason why God will put His dwelling place in our midst, and that is why He will live among us because God wants us to worship Him. God wants us to live with Him because worship is living your life with God. Worship is a lifestyle. Now, of course, we raise our hands, we clap our hands, we stamp our feet, we say hallelujah. That's okay. That's good. Those are outward expressions of worship. Nothing wrong with that. But that is not worship per se. Worship is how you live your life. And that is why the Bible is very clear that God intends to make His dwelling place in our midst because God wants us to worship Him. Now, I want also to take the notion of God making a dwelling place in us. When someone wants to live with you, what does it signify? May gustong tuwira kasama nyo. Ano yon? Makikirenta. Pwede naman. Sabi niyo makikirenta. Huwag kayong pilosopo ha. Mag-asawa. Bakit sila nagsama? Pwede mo mag-asawa hindi nagsasama? Bakit? What's with you living with God? What does it create? May nakabibingin katahimik ka na naman. Relationship. Relationship. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 29, I will give you a new heart from flesh, from stone to flesh. I will put my spirit in you. You shall obey my statutes. 
and I will dwell in you. Alam niyo what does it signify? Bakit tayo bibigyan ng bagong puso? Bakit tayo bibigyan ng buhay ng Panginoon? Bakit tayo makakalakad ng may katapatan at kabanalan sa Kanya? You know why? Because God will live with us. We will be part, we will be instruments of that worship. Remember in the temple, all of the things there are consecrated for God. Same concept. The reason why God will give you a new heart, the reason God will put His Spirit on you and you shall obey His statute, the reason why He made a covenant with us is because we will dwell in the land that He, he, he gave us. We will, he will dwell in our midst because we will live a lifestyle of worship. We will be prepared. We will be instruments. We will be worshiping God. And God is preparing us, fitting to the worship of the Holy God. Can you see the connection? From the dwelling place, because God is calling us to worship, living with us, and then God is giving us a new heart because the intention is for us to be used and for us to worship the Lord. We are being prepared by God to worship a holy God. Dito sa mundo, we could not um, fully realize the true worship of God because we are sinful. Uh, our sins getting to our way. Nagbo-worship na lang kayo dito, kumakanta kayo, kung ano iniisip nyo. There will come a time, our mind, our bodies, everything around us, as God dwells within us, as God dwells in our midst, His sanctuary in us, we will all be fitting for that worship. And we will know, we will know that He is the Lord. We will taste that He is good. We will taste of His holiness, His glory. For now, it's just platitude to us. But there will come a time we will experience that glorious moment truly worshiping God. Because God calls us to worship Him. And the worship of God is a relationship with Him. Because you cannot worship something that you do not love. C.S. Lewis said that. Why do you uh, praise your children? Or why do you say, ganda naman ang asawa ko. Ang pogi-pogi naman ang asawa ko. Ang ganda-ganda ng anak ko. Why do you adore your children? Sabi ni C.S. Lewis. Because you love them. You can only praise something that you love. But you can only love something that you have relationship with. You cannot love someone that you do not have a relationship. Crush lang ang tawag doon. Hindi lang. But God does not want us to have a crush on Him. He calls us to relationship with Him, to have a loving relationship with Him because He intends to dwell with us. And that dwelling means to worship Him, means for us to be with Him. And let me quote, as I end, Mark Nelson and Alan Hirsch, the invitation from God is always an invitation to relationship. Relationship, living with Him, worshiping Him. Not an invitation to the right away adhering to the rules and regulations. Outward appearance of holiness. We fall into the danger that when we slip into idolatry, esteeming, meaning we put premium, we put value to religious rules above, over and above, relating to the living God. What's important with God is relationship. We need to understand that the love for God as well for others and relationship with God and with others really matter. We are called to relationship. As God gives us life, 
as God manifests His power in death and resurrection, He calls us to a relationship with Him as He established uh, His worship in our midst. That's the reason why God will live with us, so that we could worship Him. And so, after knowing God, we can conclude that God is the creator and the giver of life, the Holy One who triumphs over death and resurrects us to new life. And the ultimate essence of this new life is to worship God and to have an intimate relationship with Him. That is the essence of life. Westminster Confession says that what is the chief end of man? Did you remember the Westminster Confession? It says, and it recapitulates, it just summarizes everything. The chief end of man, according to Westminster Confession, and I quote, is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. How would you enjoy someone that you do not have relationship with? How would you enjoy someone that you do not love? How would you enjoy someone that does not live with you? That is the essence of what it means to be with God. That is what it means to worship God, to live our life glorifying Him. That is what we are called to do. The problem is this. Do you have genuine, authentic relationship with Jesus? Do you know this man who promised and claimed that he is the resurrection and the life. Do you know him? I will end here. Now, many of you here may not yet know Jesus Christ. I don't know. You probably know Jesus Christ in a mural, in a picture with a... Uh, uh, phone. Ate, I know... Mahal, mamaya ka na mag-text, nagsisermon pa about God. Okay. Nawala ito. It's okay. Now, let me just go back to that place. Marami sa siguro, you just know Jesus, historical Jesus, in a small box with flowers and with candles. But that's not the real Jesus. The real Jesus introduced himself as the resurrection and the life. And you've realized this. I don't have that life. I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know resurrection and life. I've been wanting that forgiveness. I've been wanting that relationship. I seek to be forgiven. I seek a new leaf. I need a resurrection. There's impossibility in my life right now. I'm in a situation where I'm on a dead end. I need Jesus. And you might probably say at this very moment, and I've asked you a question a while ago, where will you spend your eternity? And you can tell to yourself, I deserve the justice of God, meaning I deserve an eternal damnation. When you close your eyes, suddenly, I'm not praying for it, suddenly something happens, you don't know where you're going to. Or perhaps you know where you're going to. You know that you will wake up in eternal damnation. God does not promise us that. God promised you of life. But do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? And the reason why you have that life and the reason why you will have that life is this. Because Christ paid for your sins. You should have paid that price. 
you should have received the justice of God. But because of the sacrifice, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, He took that punishment, took that justice. And what He gave you is mercy and grace. Things that you do not deserve. Because God loves you. God is calling you to a relationship with Him. And so, if any one of you here today does not know Christ, but you understand that, I am a sinner, I'm needing of a Savior. You don't know what it really means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is an invitation. Jesus is inviting us to a relationship with Him. Relationship. Not just quick, right away, following rules and regulations, but relationship. Because for God, relationships matter. You cannot worship God without you truly knowing God, without you knowing the Lord, that you shall know that He is the Lord. Do you know Jesus Christ who died for your sins, who offers you the way of life? And so today, before I end, I'd like to invite any one of you here who may not have yet known Jesus Christ. And if you're probably you're listening on this broadcast, you're on YouTube or Facebook, you don't know Jesus. You are in a dead-end situation. You think that I cannot be forgiven. You don't know my sins. I've mentioned you last Sundays. Then you don't know who God is. You don't know that He is the Lord. That out of your nothingness, God can create a new being. God is expert on that. Very expert on that. From the ashes of your sin to a new creation. God is an expert on that. And may I invite you to put and confess your faith in Jesus Christ. I will lead you to a prayer. Own this as your own prayer. If you have not yet known Jesus Christ, if you're listening to there today, God is inviting you to a relationship. And let me just invite you to that prayer. If you need Jesus and you want to put your faith and trust in Him. Let us pray. My dear brothers and sisters, I invite you to surrender your life to God, to give your faith in Him and confess Him as your Lord and Savior. Follow me with this prayer and um, I hope this prayer will be a prayer of a confession in your heart. You can pray silently, Lord Jesus, I am here today, unworthy, sinner, and needing of your mercy and grace. But I believe in what you have done on the cross, the sacrifice you have made. And I believe and put my faith on your claim that you are Lord Jesus is the resurrection and the life that though I may die yet I shall live you rose from the dead to redeem me and to give me new life Lord I confess my sins to you my mistakes my heartaches, my failures, 
my endless human drama. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Today, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I put my faith in you. I acknowledge that you are my Savior. You are my Lord. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Rule everything in me. I surrender. I receive you in my life. I receive you into my being. Take me. I am yours. Lord, today, I believe and decided to follow you as you will cause me to walk in your ways. Lead me, Lord. You are my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, you know these people who prayed with us today, making this decision to follow you, surrendering their life to you. Lord, out of the ashes of their sins, you can give them a new being. Lord, you are the God who forgives. And with the impossibility of our situations, with the impossibility of the sins that we have committed against you, Lord, you are a God who can possibly, more than we could imagine, forgive us. You will give us new life. You will give us new hope. Because you are the creator and the giver of new life. You are the Holy One who will triumph over our death, our spiritual death, and resurrect us to a new life. You have called us to a relationship with you and this ultimate essence of our life is to worship you and to have an intimate relationship with you. Father, I pray that you will be with your people. Father, I also pray for my brothers and sisters who are here and perhaps... They are in a dead-end situation as well. They are in an impossible situation. Lord, we declare, we believe that the word impossible does not exist in your vocabulary. It does not exist in your divine dictionary. Lord, you are the God of possibilities. You are a God of new life. You are a God of hope. You can overturn our situation. We put our faith in you our wayward children, our philandering husbands or wives, the difficult situations that we may have in the office, the loss of job, the opportunity, Lord, the difficulty that we have right now, Lord, touch your people today and Lord, introduce yourself to them that you are the Lord. I am the Lord who will give you life. I am the Lord who will give you resurrection. I am the Lord and I will establish my worship, my relationship with you. Lord, we know that you will introduce yourself to us miraculously, mightily, and that we will declare your glorious promise. We will declare your glorious thoughts. We will declare how good you are. We will come and taste that you are good. We will declare, each and every one of us, how faithful you are in our lives. We will testify in this church. We will testify to our brothers and sisters how good you are. We will magnify you. Father, reveal yourself to us. Reveal yourself to your people. 
You are good. You are merciful. You care. You love us. Father, we thank you for today. Encourage your people today, I pray. And whatever it is that they're going through in their life right now, touch them. May you be just real in their lives, Father. May they just feel your warm embrace wherever they are right now. May they know you, who you are, that you are the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, O God. In the name of our Christ, our Savior, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Let us all stand to receive the benediction. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus, to whom be the glory forever and ever. In the name of our holy child God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, if you have prayed with us and you want to have a journey of faith in Jesus Christ, let us know. We will be journeying your, uh, your faith with you. And so, uh, please stay. I would like to talk to you. And if you want to be prayed for, please stay here. Uh, we'd like to pray for you as well. Thank you and God bless you. And see you again next week.